You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you as always. You guys doing on a Redemption Thursday, Draft Thursday, NFL Draft, good times, playoff hockey, playoff in the NBA. We are rolling. And we're holding our breath still all the time when it comes to uh, Transfer Portal and that looming deadline. I'm Jeff, that's Tom. There's Director Matthew. Good to be with you as I said. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you always. By the way, if you're in there on the chat already, hello, welcome in. If you're on WarChant TV, obviously, if you're driving about on uh, 93.3, Real Talk Radio listening, uh, good to be with you guys uh, always. So appreciate you. Good times. Draft night. Wild card of a draft. Should be fun as hell. Uh, all kinds of wild rumors surround this draft already to the point where you don't know what to trust at all. I've, I've probably immersed myself way too much in this just because I love it. You know, something that happened kind of quietly that made me think about the draft is that Chase Young, we all remember when Chase Young was coming out, can't miss Chase Young, beast, got to take him, could, you know, all of that stuff, right? Well, he didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. He's been largely a bust. And you're reminded of this, like how damn difficult all of this is. You could be a physical freak, and he is. I don't know if you'd call Jadavion Clowney a bust, but when you consider what he was, the physical freak that he was, and the dominance he displayed in the SEC, right? You would think can't miss, right? Eh, he's kind of been a miss. He's, he's, he's hardly been dominant. Hardly he, been dominant. He's there. 
No, he's in the league still. He's there. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's on a roster. League. He's yeah. a starter or yeah. rotational piece. A rotational piece. Misses a lot of time. Not like Kawhi Leonard does, but he misses a lot of time. You know, it's uh, it's it's just every time you think about it. how many players. So my question is really, rather than to go through and name all the guys that didn't pan out because we'd be here all day. But yeah, you kind of ask yourself that about your guy when you draft him, no matter who you root for. It could be the Dolphins tonight, Atlanta tonight. Atlanta, you guys, obvious. I don't know why Atlanta has, by the way, this is an aside. I have to try to, try to hit the regional teams. Atlanta, New Orleans, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, Miami, all this, right? Why aren't they part of the Lamar sweepstakes? What are they doing? Why don't they go get a quarterback? What do you, you clearly need a quarterback. What are you doing? I mean, go get Lamar. Maybe they will tonight. Well, I'm, I'm just, I've just been wondering about all of this. But how many players in this draft, first round tonight, really, you don't really necessarily trust it second, third, fourth, and on down. Uh, but how many players in the first round tonight will, will see their fifth-year option picked up? Because I know that there have been guys, all of us have done this, that we thought, no way, no how, that guy's not three-time pro bowler, not going to be. A stud for us. This is a sure thing. Nah, not really. Unless you go offensive line, which is what I want to do always. Because when in doubt, we've got a new mantra, and I say it. You get your offensive line going here. I would normally tell you this, for example. Don't worry about skill players until you have your offensive line in place, which is true. But I'd also say that of a defensive line. But I don't know if that's true anymore in the modern NFL because you could have a monstrous defensive line. But if you're going against one of these offenses, one of these modern offenses led by a freak at quarterback, you're not stopping him. I don't give a damn how good your defense is. You're not getting stops. I mean, nobody seems to find a way to consistently get Kansas City to not drop 35 on their ass. I mean, it's unreal. Well, and and quarterbacks in general now are just so adept at getting rid of the football within a second and a half that it just takes the D-line out of it. Yeah. If they're in that kind of a rhythm as an offense. And we've seen it with Mahomes and Brady and many others who are just really, really good at getting rid of the football. It's actually kind of why Daniel Jones has been a problem matchup for the Bucs over the years, including his rookie year, mm-hmm. where the Bucs scored on every drive in the first half and still found a way to lose that football game. <laughs> Doesn't sting at all still. <laughs> but they, w- they would constantly, in each one of those performances, show that doesn't matter that if you're the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have Shaq Barrett and JPP and Sue in the middle. Doesn't matter because 1.2, boom. It's snap, out. Falls it's out. out. It's out. That's right. Yeah. Hey, now. But the that's why, to your point, I think the offensive line would actually, in this era of professional football, be more important than the defensive line. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. I, this is where we go into the draft tonight with these quarterbacks where, you know, you, you think about the team that's taking them. Because none of them feel like transcendently great quarterbacks, although it's almost impossible these days to really note note who those are. I mean, we had really really big, strong-arm guys come out that we thought were can't miss, 6'4", 6'5", 240, big, big arm, high completion percentage in college, and they fail. You've had wildly athletic quarterbacks that can do things we've never seen from that position before come in, and some have had great success, some have failed miserably. And it's just been a hodgepodge, and it, and it, but but it does require you to be all in on a system. Like the Eagles get really high marks, even if they kind of eventually accidentally stumbled into it. The truth is, once they figured out that Jalen Hurts was their guy, look at their offense, man. They force 
you to play nine in the box and get one-on-one matchups. Why? Well, they don't want Jalen Hurts to sit back there and be a pocket passer. They don't want him to be a drop-back guy. They, the, the running game is centered around him, the threat of his legs. You know what you would want? Like, Let's say you're going to take Anthony Richardson tonight. Let's just say that you're going to take a flyer on a kid that's played precious little football. I like that pick. Okay. So let's say you do that. Well, do you have the right staff in place to coach it? You want Mike Norvell. You want Mike Norvell to coach Anthony Richardson. Why? He's going to create the running game based on the boots, tosses, all that stuff, rollouts that you can do with a very mobile quarterback, the threat of those legs, meaning you got to walk a guy up, and now I'm going to have one-on-one matchups. Now, if I create those one-on-one matchups, I don't have to be that adept as a passer. I just have to be decent. All right, well, let's say I do that, and I garner some confidence, and I get better, and I get better. We're winning games because I play good defense. I can run the football, and I need my quarterback to make some throws into one-on-one situations. The Eagles went out and got Brown at wide receiver, so they're going to win those matchups. You have to be prepared is my point, and you guys know. I'm talking to all you guys, your favorite teams. Do you have the right coaches to teach that system? Do you have the right players to run that system? Because when you go that route, you have to go all in on that route. It's not any different to me than what the Titans do with Derrick Henry. They're all in on this is how we play football. We're going to try to run downhill. We're going to throw off a play action. We're going to run a ton of double tights and beat you up physically and win with defense, field position, play action passes. We'll win that battle. Other people don't want to play that way. They think they have the personnel to spread it out, put you in really tough situations where the quarterback is really mobile and he can take off. And it's, it's fascinating to kind of look at the draft through those eyes. Like, what is your, what's your coaching staff assessment? What's their pedigree? What have they run before? What did they do in the past? Have they ever run an offense that is going to be required of you taking a quarterback like Anthony Richardson? That's why people keep seeing Seattle as a nice place for him because he's a bigger version of Russell Wilson, and he doesn't have to throw off a platform. He can always throw off a platform, right? And you can use him to set up the running game, which is what Carroll wants to do. Yeah, if this was next year's quarterback class and I had the second quarterback on the board and I want to go quarterback, then it would be ridiculous if Anthony Richardson was in that same class to take him. But in this instance, this year, <laughs> if you have your option of the second-best quarterback. At 19, or is that where we go? I mean, even if it's top five, I think, if you're a, a franchise that's starving to matter, this is your home run cut. And if it doesn't work in three years, it, it doesn't cripple you as an organization anymore. Not like it used to. I right. would get more, maybe not reckless is probably not the right word, but I would get more aggressive in the types of chances I take with quarterbacks in the top 10 if I'm an organization that is perennially losing. Because this guy pays off, he's Josh Allen. I mean, and you have already seen the repertoire of the great throws. He makes all of the great throws. Yeah. But he's got consistent consistency issues out the wazoo. He doesn't throw accurately, consistently from the pocket. Correct. If you get him off platform and he can flick that hand and do the magic, he do, he's fine. He does that. But if you're telling me that the second quarterback off the board tonight is a choice between Richardson and Levis and Bryce Young, well, I'd rather have Richardson, thank you very much. I'm going to take the home run cut with that. Well, I, it, this is going to be the hardest draft in the world to be overly critical of any team. I mean, because if it, depending on who you believe – that has done these player ratings and the staffs that have done these player ratings. Now, almost, I mean, it is almost universally agreed upon 
that the number, at least in terms of first-round grades, that the number is between 14 and 20, maybe. 20's pushing it. That's the highest I've seen of players in the first round that have a first-round worthy grade. Like it, Somebody brought up that 2013 was like this. That was that there weren't that many good players in 2013. And yeah, the lot, quarterbacks yeah. were EJ and Geno Smith. It was, that, was, that was it. it right? That's a yeah. tough draft. Yeah. That's a damn tough draft. So you're looking at that going, yeah, there weren't a lot of great players there. You always find a player. I mean, there are guys that emerged from that draft from the third round that are Pro Bowlers. It happens. But in terms of what they were graded as coming out, I also think it's a lot harder than ever before to really know what you have um, with offenses because now all these offenses do succeed. Like, you're not trying to fit a player that ran an entirely opposite offense in college into a system. In the If you do, that's on you. If you draft, that's like when the Colts took Bjorn Warner. Like, he he's, can't do what you want him yeah. to do. Let's and he stand never, him up. He, he could be like Jason he, Taylor. He never did that in college. What are you doing? Like, he's never shown he can do that, you dumbasses. So that's on them. But a lot of guys have come from systems that are very, quote-unquote, collegiate and gone on to have success in the pros. Now, typically, the ones the, the, the players that do – are ones that go into a system where the coaches get what they're drafting. They know, okay, well, I, I can't run what I want to run like I did with this guy. I'll have to change my system to fit this guy, and we'll let him do what he does well. And then once we get some traction, well, now I can start sprinkling things in. He gains confidence over time. We work with him. You know, I think you're seeing that more and more, which is exciting, which opens up the door or the possibility that you can go and go – and grab a guy like Anthony Richardson, who's played not a lot of football at all. Some of it has been electrifying. Some of it has been god-awful in the reason you lost. Kentucky game. Like, you think about moments like that, right? So, but who, 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 who is that athletic that you've ever seen play that position? I mean, it's freakish. It's, well, and, I mean, and it's crazy. Who doesn't, I mean, like, if you put a highlight reel together of all of the best throws that he made and and call it, you know, 10 out of 10 degree of difficulty for either placement or velocity or a combination of the two, arm strength, it's a multi-minute montage. Oh, and, it goes on for a while, yeah. And, and you're not looping back. It's just a multi-minute montage. Of, Go back wow. to the throws he killed us with in Gainesville when they, got, when they put him in. Yeah. And we yeah. were like, well, I wish the other guy would have stayed in because he's yeah. terrible. Correct. But this kid is killing us. It's routine enough, I think, that it's worthy in a draft like this, in a draft like this, to swing for the down. But in next year's draft, it might not with be. that quarterback class, eh, it might want to pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, it, it it's fun. It's fun. And it is a draft-by-draft situation. Like, you, you have a ton of fun with it. You're like, all right, well, let's let's look and see what we got. I do know this. The I, I think the, all the intrigue begins, not with Carolina and not with Houston, although Houston could go quarterback here. It begins with Arizona. Arizona is said to either, when they draft third, I think they would be the most likely candidate to listen to offers, to trade down. They need a lot. They don't block it up. So they probably are in love with the Northwestern offensive lineman. That's fine. His tape looks incredible. He looks like a plug-and-play, can't-miss guy. But what if they could get him further down? Because they know the Colts are going to draft quarterback. So now, already, you can go from three down to four if the Colts moved up, getting scared or whatever it might be. 
what do you think Seattle's going to do? Well, what if they want a quarterback that you like? All right, well, so now you get nervous about that. So you start – it's going to be fascinating to see where the offers come from. Does somebody move up? What if somebody's worried about Seattle taking Jalen Carter, although there are whispers out of Seattle that they're they're scared off by his off-the-field issues and his lack of work ethic? Who knows? Teams say that a lot of times. They want to create that firestorm. But truth is, I mean, if you're if that all depends on your locker room. Do you have somebody in your locker room better than he is at playing football and that will mentor him? And I was reading uh, – I know Belichick has said this a lot before – and I think some people have taken that. I know it was in his book um, that when they do these psychological tests and there's like all these different categories, Tom, that stuff is fascinating. I wish I could see all these tests that they have. And they got a ton of them. Some of them we know about, some of them we don't. But one of the things that he said was that they have categories for things and you can. he believes you can change a player's work habits, but you cannot change his competitiveness. So if a guy's not competitive but works real hard, that's usually not something that is synonymous. Usually it's not. But, but if, a guy, if, if a guy doesn't have red flags in that arena, but that test reveals he's not all that competitive, they are more scared of that. They're much more frightened off by that than they are that the guy has terrible work habits. They might be like, well, this kid never works really hard at all. Is he competitive? When he plays, is he really competitive? Because we can fix the work habits. We can incentivize that. We may have a guy in the locker room that can help change that. Usually competitive people are more gifted, too. Well, that's usually. exactly right. Usually. Yeah, I mean, so they, they may want to be the best at playing the game. They just don't want to work to do it. And if they're extremely gifted, they may not have to. They may not have to. Jalen Carter, probably his whole life, was better than everybody else on the football field. He was unblockable. He could dominate games and never have to work hard because who the hell is 6'5", 335 that, you know, with a 38-inch vertical and run and can do all those things. So that, that, it's a fascinating look at, you know, who's willing to take that chance. A lot of times it's based on who you have in that locker room. Is there somebody that can stand up to this guy and say to him, no, we, that's not how we do things here. That ain't going to happen. And you trust that that guy will be willing to mentor a kid? You know, do you have that presence? If you don't, what if you're really young and you don't have that guy? And oh, that team that's young and talented is extremely impressionable. Now you're going to bring in a guy in here who's not going to work. This is what they do with the NBA stuff where they try to look at fits. Oh. Well, they say things like, well, this guy can't play without the ball in his hands, and we got four young players we're trying to develop. That ain't going to work. This is also a decision that Mike Norvella's had to make for the first time as Florida State's leader of the program that can the locker room accept this issue as we move forward and progress towards going from a 10-win team to a playoff team to a national championship contender, because it could, the first few years, I've got to get all this cancer out. Got to do it. We have to start fresh, and we have to have a unified voice. But as you get better, you start to take chances. Yeah. Because you know your locker room can stand it. But the issue with the now, and not to totally derail it and turn it to no, college, that's fine. but the issue with the now is that NIL creates this variable that you just don't know how it's going to play. It stinks. It's got to be a nightmare to be a head coach in college in that regard. You'd rather be a professional head coach. Uh, you're under contract. You ain't going anywhere. You're not going to play for somebody else. You're going to sit your ass right here, and we'll fine you every day you don't come in. You're under contract, and that's the way it's going to work. You either play for us or you play nowhere. That's not NIL. That's, that's the problem you have, and 
threats of playing time don't work the way they used to. Used to be a coach, a position coach could tell a kid, oh, you want to act out? You don't want to follow the rules? You don't want to work hard? You're just not playing. That kid says, I'm leaving. You're like, well, all right then. That's a toughie. I guess you are. Sucks for us because you're kind of good. And I can't be in a situation where I have too much hemorrhaging going on at a position that is so vital to success. So maybe... I don't even realize it, but I lie to myself and I compromise our values, the things that help make the locker room great, because I know that replacing you, especially now in the portal, there's not another guy like you. So what do I do? I just wear that and we lose a game that we shouldn't lose because I couldn't figure out a way to make this work. Fans aren't going to tolerate that. That sucks. You also have to stand by the values that created the, the locker room that we talked about. Fans are inconsistent. Well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not worried about fans, but I'm yeah. saying losses he are... He doesn't want it, to be a null screw him, and then why are we losing these football games correct. four months later? Yeah, but yeah. What, what what is universally true is that all fans and administrations are intolerant of losing. So that's actually the math you're doing. Does this cost me a game? What about two games? It's, that That's tough math, man. So how how far... Do I acquiesce? How much do I waver in this standard that I've created for those that we bring in and try to create uh, a seamless entryway to the uh, culture that we have you know, championed on the regular? regular. It's tough. That's tough. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply what's up guys our next partner that you're going to hear from is athletic greens you've heard me talk about athletic greens in the past happy to talk about them again i take athletic greens every day And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, It had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens, and uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon neutral business, by the way. If that's important to you, it is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. 
Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3, Real Talk Radio with War Chant TV. So if Arizona moves, we'll get the fireworks early, and that'll be fun. Uh, you know, we'll see who has the, as the as the pros like to say, who has the uh, schematic flexibility. Who, who, who has a coaching staff that can take on a guy that is the opposite of the guy that they've been coaching or the opposite that they've been utilizing to run their offense. You know what else is funny? If you think about recent draft picks and these discussions we had in the previous draft or the draft before, seems fairly obvious that, I mean, they can't get a bag of footballs in San Francisco for Trey Lance. Nobody thinks that dude can play. I mean, if you listen to John Lynch, he all but came out and was like, offer us anything. We're willing to trade. We'd like to get rid of Trey Lance. I mean, he, go re- parse through his comments, and then he realized what he said. It was in an interview, and then he was like, well, I mean, you know, obviously uh, we still think the young man has a ton of talent. And uh, No, you don't. You're trying to get rid of him right now. You just drafted him. You think he's a bust. And your coach is a quarterback whisperer. He wins with bums. He had to have told you that he can't play. I mean, what are we doing? We're going to go with Brock Purdy. Uh, it's it's funny. But there's another page in the uh, long book of NFL quarterback draft picks that you'd think are going to do one thing and do the other. That Brock Purdy in the offseason, even with a medical recovery process, is widely considered to be the future of the San Francisco 49ers is wild. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would... Uh... I'd look for a quarterback if I were them. I, I'd, I'd look for a quarterback. I, I don't I don't see it. But the whisperer does. I love the whisperer. He's great. But, man, I imagine if you gave him a good one. You know, imagine, imagine if you had a, a good quarterback. All right, so you guys want updates, I'm sure, on what is happening with um, Joshua Farmer and all the rumors and the like and all that. Nothing, nothing new, guys. It is still a very 50-50 proposition, I'd say, right now. I'd say that's a a 50-50 proposition. And that doesn't make anybody feel any better. You'd almost be better off to hear me say, look, man, that guy's gone. At least you'd have some sort of definitive time-to-move-on moment where you just kind of like, well, that sucks, moving on. 
But I can't even give you that because where we stand right now seems to be 50-50. But I said yesterday on the show, and I'll repeat what I said for those that missed it, I'm still waiting for his name to enter into the portal. It's been uh, some time. And I said the, when, when that was announced, when he said on Twitter he was possibly going to put his name into the transfer portal. I don't even know how he worded it. How did he word it? What was the exact tweet? Do you remember? I think it's something like I intend I, I, to. I'm or? going to enter the transfer portal. Yeah, and then he didn't. He didn't enter the transfer portal. Usually I am going. I'm going to Publix. Hour later. Why are you still here? Well, I intend to. I intend to go to Publix. Why haven't you? I'm still thinking about heading on over there. You told me we were going to Publix. Well, I'm still, I'm not sure. They close in a half an hour. <laughs> uh, audio's turned off for those on the chat. I know you guys know that. Hopefully we fixed it. Um, but I don't, I, listen, each hour that goes by, each hour that goes by suggests to me that um, he's not going to enter the portal. I know I said 50-50 because I, I can't get a definitive answer right now from people who would know, and he can't seem to give a definitive answer as to where he stands on this. So it does remain murky, but... I just, again, reading the tea leaves, somebody two days ago says they intend to enter the portal, and here we sit Thursday, moving ever closer to a deadline, and he still has to enter the portal. I mean, you got to feel good that he's clearly not real sure that that's what he intended to do at all. Agreed. And that's what we were getting to for the people who lost the audio in the chat. It wasn't like uh, we had breaking news and you missed a, a key nugget there. Right, right. Although I think we should tighten up our game a little bit and say, all right, we've got breaking news on Josh Farmer coming up next. And then when the segment starts, all right, here's the latest on Josh Farmer. And then as soon as the sound comes back yeah. on, even though that we were just protecting ourselves from the copyrighted music, right, right. then I could be like, oh, I hope you guys enjoyed that breaking news. That's right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Or it's just breaking news. All right, guys, here's the latest. First, a word from our sponsors at, and then you say, still 50-50. Right? <laughs> still 50-50. Um, you know, I, as far as the other – aspect of that rumor that I really didn't spend much time addressing yesterday. But there's another element to all of this, which is that allegedly, and I think it's based on something that he posted on Instagram. Good God, social media. What a nightmare. The Daryl Jackson said something cryptic about maybe he would leave too. Song lyrics, man. All right. Well, you know, where? You can't go anywhere. Dude, you can go live somewhere. You can go live in Topeka. I mean, go have fun with it, whatever. But you can't go play anywhere. So, I don't even know how to address that. I mean, so you're going to leave because, far, it, hypothetically, Farmer leaves, so you leave? Are you? What, what, what is this? A, Wait a minute. I solved it. What? Farmer is sick, and he's got the illness. And that's what Daryl's here for, is he's the sick family member. Because remember, oh. that was the reason that this all began with. It was a transfer well, and a hardship waiver to be closer to a sick friend or relative. Well, his, I think it's mom. I understand. Right, right. But right. what I'm saying is, yeah, where yeah. the hell did that go? If Josh leaves and you want to leave, what the hell happened to this? But sick I don't. Mom? But he didn't. He didn't say he wanted to leave. Right. That, that's just been a rumor. All I guess right, he well, quoted a lyric trying to be cryptic, and people took that to mean he would leave. 
If I mean, you're Farmer tempted, Lee, obviously, yeah. at that point to rip the kid for being a childish fool. No, what but I'm you saying, can't do that. What I'm saying is if you're going to invoke, and look, this could hurt Florida State if you really wanted to preach it from the university standpoint, but if you're going to invoke that you need to be closer to a family member, and that is the reason for a transfer, in order to get a waiver, a hardship eligibility waiver from the NCAA, and your friend leaving the team for a better financial opportunity, let's just say that that was the case, cut and dry, Better financial opportunity. We didn't want to match. Your friend goes. You want to leave now? No, I know. That it, doesn't make a lick of sense. None of it makes any sense. I'm not buying it at all. Um, I'm not buying it at all. So, I mean, I find it completely fascinating. Um, but I also think it bodes well for us. I think this, uh, there's a lot of bluster here, but I don't think it means anything. I do think it also, and I risk being the old man on the lawn without a question, but it is an awful lot of look at me, which is very indicative of everybody who grew up on the internet. Everybody, not just I'm not singling those kids out. I'm saying all kids. You're on the stage. There's a camera on everybody because everybody's got one in their effing hand. So that's the world. That's the mindset. It's always through a prism of I'm being watched. I got to give people something to look at. So I say things I don't even mean, like an a hole. But that's what people do. That's what kids do. And that's the thing where for somebody like you, somebody like me, won't speak for all of our colleagues because I'm not saying that it necessarily sours the process. It's still one of the great jobs in the world. It's but an awesome job. You learn early on if you, uh, if you stick around for a year or two, sometimes how the sausage is made on these particular issues, be it high school recruiting. That was the big one. This is new. This is brand new. But this resembles high school recruiting in a lot of ways. With the back and forth. Oh, man. The back and the forth and the... Three-card money. And the cajoling. And the, yeah. And, you know, the stroking of the ego. And you're very important to us. And then some of that also is the other way. It's the coach is just an outright liar. Says that Jesus spoke to him in a dream. And Matt Elam, you need to come to Gainesville. Right. And that's what throws him over the top. I believe Dabo believes everything. that, that I mean, yeah, right. the, the Bible thumping gets you a kid. But... We know the, how the sausage is made. I think this is a further education to the public of, man, this is, NIL is a new chapter in the book, but this is how it, that's how it works. None Things of like this happened. None of it is becoming. All of it. Correct. Correct. Can foster what Joe points out here. He says, I got to be honest, this Farmer Jackson stuff makes me angry at them, right or wrong. I think that's probably the feeling of a lot of people, Joe. Uh, just like I get angry at coaches when they do what Tom just mentioned, what I think that's completely disingenuous. You know why you're saying that. You know why you did that. You said that to that kid's parents because you knew they would bite hook, line, and sinker because they're suckers. They're poor and dumb and don't know any better. That farm kid you're talking to, that, that she just wants to feel like her son is going to be having Sunday dinners with grandma. Well, that's, and you're going to tell them. You're going to tell them that's exactly how it is here at Clemson. It's what we do. We sit down, praise Jesus, and have some potatoes together every Sunday, just like here on the farm. He said potatoes. And Jesus. My son's going to Clemson right now. I don't want to hear it from anybody else. Sunday dinners with Dabo. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Hey, did you know that Florida State faces Notre Dame on the road in baseball? Just thought I'd tell you. That's the extent of our baseball coverage these days. <laughs> Tough times. You're just like, uh, yeah, they're still playing. Where? Notre Dame. Okay. Moving on down the road. Uh, that is an accurate post on the on the uh, chat there, Tom. I pulled it up. So that could very well be bad news. Maybe we'll be able to break it and confirm it uh, as we sit here today. Not sure, but the, the part about uh, not being on the roster seems accurate. So that sort of frustration could add to our day. Um, did go to the portal. Okay. <laughs> so what we said before is, uh, look, these are the ugly elements of where we are now with the transfer portal. But if you're a program that is successfully using the portal to build your roster to where Florida State's is now, no matter how it feels in your gut right now, you can't then be angry that it happened to you. Well, I can't tell you that you can't be angry, but you would understand that that is intellectually dishonest because we've done that to other programs. Um, we'll see. We'll see uh, where this goes. So in checking Seminoles.com, the roster, yes, of course, he is not listed. But I think this is always something, this business that we're in, where people say, all right, well, what about? Like, you know, you write an article on the top five recruits that Florida State should close a deal on. Well, what about the sixth kid? You know, mm-hmm. is the right. first comment. Right. Daryl Jackson is still listed on the roster. So in case that, you know, you were thinking about oh, you thought steps it was a being taken, if it was a package deal or whatever, as, you know, there might have been a chance, at least at this point, he's no longer on the roster. Josh Farmer was as of this morning, so that is a significant step being reports uh, reports out there that he's in the portal. Officially, Daryl Jackson still remains on the roster for now. So we'll get more as we have more. What I will tell you um is that I think I think what's disappointing, what's disappointing about this is you have a kid who's not only talented and was going to help your football team, but from what I can derive and what I've come to understand about this situation, is getting information that uh again does not benefit him long-term, and that stinks. There are situations, so there have been situations where 
we've talked about a player fills a minimal role on your roster and gets an opportunity to fill a much larger role somewhere else via the portal. That player, whatever it may be. Treshawn Ward is probably a good example, probably the best example we can give right now. Nobody wanted to lose Treshawn Ward, but you have a lot of running backs and a lot of them are talented. And Ward had a chance and has a chance to be able to go and, um, you know, be get the bulk of the carries for Kansas State, to be the guy, to obviously highlight his abilities in a greater way than he could here if he had stuck around. And if they offer a certain dollar amount, you're happy for the kid. You say, good, that's not, I mean, that's how that should work. Other times you go, man, kid was being steered by somebody who may not have his best long-term interest in mind, may be unscrupulous, and now we'll see what happens. You want guys to have a really firm grasp of the situation. Uh, an understanding of the situation. But if people outside that locker room, if people outside that coaching staff, if somebody not affiliated with your collective, your coaching staff, your locker room, has a stronger hold and influential aspect of that relationship with, with this particular player, you, you can't win. You can't win. And if that person continues to influence in a way that you know, as you sit here now, looking at the situation, is not in that kid's best interest, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. I don't know all the details of what just happened. I just know some of what I heard, and it doesn't sound good. And it's, you hate it for the kid. You hate it. You hate it when you read about this situation or hear about this situation anytime it happens. The other day we did this. We were talking about. Um, was it Kevin Kelly? Who was it? Uh, Obiagu. Obiagu. Ike Obiagu. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Seton Hall. That situation. What an awful set of circumstances that was at the time. That was a kid emerging within a role on a Florida State roster that was perfectly suited for him. And he was going to continue to emerge as a defensive stopper, shot blocker, rebounding, all of those things. Offense was always secondary with him. But he had a perfect role in that system that Leonard ran with the bench that he had and what was being asked of him. It was an emerging star, I might say, defensively. But he had handlers that had hands out and wanted a lot of different things, some of which was a bridge too far. And at that point, that broke down, and Florida State, I understand it, said, well, we're not, we're not going to do that. We, we can't do that. It's not fair to the other players on the roster. It's not, no, we're not, it's not in your best interest. We're not going to do that. We're not going to guarantee him 33 minutes a night. We can't, we can't do that. It doesn't fit for what, he's, what, what we need him for. That's not how this works. So he took it. They go, he goes to Seton Hall. Never to be heard from again. Never to be heard from again. He didn't do a damn thing there. Nothing. Another high-profile example. I think the uh, statute of limitations has passed on this, right? Because he is in the NBA and has been for some time. But Anthony Edwards going to Georgia was a similar circumstance. Anthony Edwards wanted to run the point at Florida State. So Which, the story in retrospect, goes. maybe we should have. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was Trent Forrest last year. I know, I know, I know. I know yeah, so just, we couldn't promise that because Trent had been here. And he's it was a the soldier 20, for us. It was yeah. the 2020 season. You want a kid who's going to learn the ways? 
Yeah. Trent yeah. was, I mean, now if it was the next year, yeah. it, it, it's yeah. bad timing. I'll <laughs> it grant was, you. It was. We could promise that next year. Yeah. But he, Leonard wasn't going to allow yeah. that to just throw everything that he had built upside down. And that team would have gone to the Final Four. And Anthony Edwards and Georgia won like eight games. You know, but he got it done and he got what he wanted to, to get out of it. And he's an elite young player in the NBA. He There's is no question. fantastic. Yeah. But he he was not interested. He was interested in minutes and production over the wins, over the, the concept that Leonard was trying to build. You know, the one thing about this situation here, quickly, Tom, and I want to address it again because we've talked throughout the course of this spring about, and I've labeled the spring. I keep saying it and I'll say it again here. And today's the first example of it the spring of hurt feelings. What's weird is that this doesn't necessarily fit that. I thought when I said that and and what I meant by that was that, hey, look, you've got a lot of guys for a limited number of positions and a lot of guys in these competitions where right now it's they're battling it out. We don't know who's going to win. They're going to emerge from spring either the better when they than when they came in or worse off and further down the depth chart than when they went in. And if it's the latter, they may look to leave. This was the first real spring of hurt feelings that I thought we could see it. We could get pinched by a guy just realizing, man, I'm not in this rotation the way I want to be. I'm a star, and somebody's going to pay me like a star, and they might be right. And so I was waiting on it, right? Which player would that be? I thought it might be a high-end running back. Maybe a receiver you didn't want to lose. Turned out Malik McClain already took off, and that stunk. That stung before the spring even started. That stung. I didn't think it would be a player that is was most assuredly going to be part of a bigger rotation of dominance. That's the thing that hurts about this particular situation is that did you just lose uh, an all-world player based on the stats from a year ago? No, you lost a lot of potential. You lost a lot of potential because we think he was going to be a more impactful player this year, certainly, than he was last year. He was already a disruptive player, seven tackles for loss a year ago. But we figured with the added strength and weight, playing fewer numbers of snaps because of the healthy depth of the rotation would allow you to go on to be a more effective player when you were in there. You thought, oh, man, all of this adds up to no reason whatsoever to leave. None. And then when you factor in, you know, from the area and all that, you thought, no way. That's what hurts about this one is it's it's hard to see coming. It doesn't make any sense. Now, we may find out something else. We may find out there's an insane offer somewhere because that's the world we now live in. It's entirely possible. Takes one, just like in the draft. Somebody desperate enough says, I'll give you seven hundred grand. Well, you know, look, you're not going to negotiate that. You're not going to say for that player, okay, I'll give you seven hundred grand. Have a good one. No, there, you, there's just no way you would. And that would be, quote, unquote, nobody's fault. It would just be frustrating. And sometimes being frustrated, to me, is accentuated, the level of frustration is, from the fact that you could, it, there's nobody to blame. You're just in limbo. You're stuck. You're like, well, God dog it. As a quick aside, seven hundred grand would be a made ridiculous it up. figure. Completely just, made just it up. In case, just yeah. so people know, I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know numbers. I know nothing about any of that. I'm just noting that, yeah, there are situations in today's college football with the portal and the NIL being a real thing that you would have no way to suspect that player A is going to go anywhere 
than where he is right now. He's, he's, he's in the rotation. He's an emerging star. He's liked his time here. He hasn't aired any grievances that you're aware of. He's never said anything on social media that suggests he's unhappy. There's no evidence to believe so-and-so is moving on. And you get waylaid on a Thursday because in this hypothetical, Texas is tired of not having a top-notch wide receiver, and they gave Johnny Wilson a million dollars. Well, holy moly, what are we going to do about that? Nothing. You're going to watch him walk out the door and go to Austin is what you're going to do. Because at some point that will happen. Something like that will happen. I'm not saying that's what happened here again. I'm just but saying. There was some I mean, there was some kind of money that was going towards the player that is now freed up and you're no longer obligated to pay that you can now repurpose for either that same position Without or question. a different position. It's yeah. like salary cap space opening up. That would be it sounds that's exactly it but that's what it is. That is what it is. Yeah. Your salary cap space in the collective world has opened up and go get you somebody else. Well, in theory, Tom, you can go get a more experienced player at the position who's already yeah. established himself to a much greater degree than Farmer. In theory, we'll see. There aren't right. a ton of great defensive Who tackles. Who to come to Florida State yeah. for, the, for the winning part of it, yeah. too. Yeah. There aren't a ton of those guys just sitting around. No. Correct. Correct. But, but um, you know, you're but right. Maybe but you now find a linebacker. Maybe you find a safety that you got a couple extra bucks for. Maybe you find an elite linebacker. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. With the added money that you can throw at the problem. Who knows? Can pros come back to college now that NIL is a thing <laughs> if they didn't use all four years? Yeah, I was thinking about who would be worth the most from yesteryear. The money that you would have had to have given Peter Wark? Whew. Dalvin Cook? Jimbo. Jimbo would have made him pay. <laughs> Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with.